Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, the European Liberal Forum Project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. And for this last episode of the year, at least from my side, my friend Leszek will have one more conversation for you. I'm very happy to bring you Alva Finn. Alva is executive director of the European Liberal Forum, but she also has a very interesting path before she joined us here at ELF. And we go into that in a little more detail. And then, then she's going to tell us her vision on how liberal think tanks, European Liberal Forum included naturally, but also other European political foundations, should place themselves on the actual environment, but particularly and very importantly, as we move to 2024 with European Union elections. And then after our conversation, stay a little longer for a brief message from me to you as we close one more year of the podcast. But now, with no further ado, I bring you Alva Finn. I'm here with Alva Finn. Alva, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's great to have you here, uh, the executive director of the European Liberal Forum, so my boss, let's call it <laughs> that way. <laughs> but before we go into not only what ELF has been doing, but the position of ELF in a larger constituency regarding politics and what the future brings, particularly next year, tell us a little bit about yourself to our listeners. What was the path that you took to get to the point that we're not talking on the podcast? Yeah, I came to the European Liberal Forum from a background of the last four, five, six years of working in uh, civil society, managing organizations and associations. Uh, I have a human rights background, uh, development. I've also worked in diplomacy. Uh, I worked in the mission of Ireland to the UN um, in Geneva. I've also worked directly with refugees and asylum seekers in, in, in Cairo. Uh, so, yeah, that's a bit my professional background but I've also worked a lot in activism on a, on a range of different issues but one of my uh, biggest I think uh, successes personally was working on the campaign on abortion mm -hmm. uh, in Ireland. I uh, helped to co-found the repeal movement in Brussels um, and which kind of led to a, a, a global movement actually. Um, things like going home to vote that was a big Uh, thing that came out in the, in the media and we put pressure from outside Ireland also um, for those of us who are part of the diaspora that we want to return to an Ireland at some point that where we have equal rights as some of the countries that we live in and the same for example I'm, we're living in, in Belgium which has had abortion for a very long time so mm -hmm. we were using that EU angle you know so yeah that's a bit my background but uh, always kind of grounded in liberal values, um, human rights, equality, uh, but also, you know, economic empowerment. Well, mean, and I'm obviously from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can get for your yeah. fantastic accent. Alvin, for our listeners, I was very privileged to be in Woodch for the Freedom Games where you shared uh, the main stage and you talk about exactly the experiences. And that session in particular was trying to convey to people from Poland the necessity of activism, of of hope and of belief. So w what is that also, f that experience for you when you are at that level with that stage with all those people? And then when we think about the Brussels bubble, can you can you share us a little bit of what are your feelings when you're in that position, sh sharing your experience to a larger audience? Yeah, well, I just hope that my experience can uh inspire people to make change happen and you can do that in, in lots of different roles you know as I said like I've come to ELF maybe from 
uh, a different type of background to um, other people. So, yeah, I'm, for example, I'm not a member of a political party, mm-hmm. and and this is something that uh, sometimes people are a bit shocked about. Um, but actually, uh, <laughs> I've tried to make change happen through through uh, different ways. But it's it is part of politics, nonetheless. Um, maybe I understand how to reach out beyond the political divide in a way that uh, others don't, uh, and have a little bit of a more of a neutral understanding of the political dynamics because I come from a background of having to, to try to advocate towards all political exactly. parties. No, but I find it, I actually, Woods was a really cool moment for me because I was also sharing the stage with one of our board members, Catalin Che, uh, and she has worked on this issue in Hungary. And then we were also sharing the stage with a Polish lawyer who was working on it in Poland. So for me, yeah, that's what the beauty of the European Union is, which is sharing how we can make change happen and get to the full realization of the European project, which I mean, abortion rights is is what everybody is always saying. Oh, it's a it's a competence for for each member state, but you can still share the experience of change between all all the member states. And Ireland wouldn't probably have gotten there so quickly if we weren't a, a mm. member. You know, so I'm uh, sharing my experiences is part of being, yeah, part of being in the European project and and which was a, a, a very special moment mm-hmm. to do that uh, because it was with real people. Uh, sometimes I'm in the bubble and I think, <laughs> oh, I'm looking out and I think, oh, I just know all these people and they know what I think already. But in, in which at the Freedom Games, it was a much more interesting context for me and because there was real people who really care about um, abortion rights in, in Poland and to be able to give them an inspiring message, which is, yes, OK, we are very, you're you're far away from where you think the goal is, but the way to get there is to continue to fight. If you lose hope, and after that, it was so inspiring to see the, the change that's happened in, in Poland, even like a month later. Uh, it just goes to show that what I said was right. Yes, you can seem really far away from, from your goal, but even a month, a year, 10 years can change a huge amount in the European Union. Indeed. And with your permission, I'm going to put on the podcast show notes the picture that the four of you took on yes, stage. Please I do. love that yeah, picture. Yeah, it's I li- amazing. I like that picture too. And for our listeners, you'll understand when you see the picture, the, the the magic around it. Now, getting a little more into your job as the executive director of the European Liberal Forum, please tell us what is your vision for liberal think tanks and what do you think then will be the role of ELF and other political foundations on this process? It's been very interesting to get to know the European political foundation system, actually, and I think we have such a key role um, in educating, in pushing for people to really understand the the European Union, first of all, but also how European politics works. Because you can go down to the national level, a lot of people who will vote next year in the elections, for mm-hmm. example, really think of these as national elections. Um, yes. But they are part of a, their parties are part of a bigger whole. Um, of making decisions which will, in the end, come back to national level. You know, so increasing that understanding of the national to the European level is really important. Uh, and we can see when it goes really wrong, like, for example, in Brexit um, and, and your, the rise of Euroscepticism. So political foundations like us and European political parties are part of that. And if we, if we are misunderstood and we're not doing our job properly, people then become very upset with mm-hmm. the European Union. 
you know, because they think, ah, this is Brussels um, who are taking these decisions. And what I think one, one of our roles is to do is to really make sure that people understand that the European Euro Union is a complex uh, but necessary system in order to get all the advantages that we get from the European Union, like the single market, free movement, all of this kind of stuff, that you have to understand that it's not the EU and that, the, that you think of yourself outside the EU. The EU is us. It's not them. And, and we're part of, I think, correcting that narrative. Uh, and then we also are, are part of getting into the technical issues, you know, thinking of ideas, the next steps, the solutions, the liberal solutions is what we do, but that's what all political foundations are, are doing, is really trying to think of ideas, get into the, the, the technical issues, um, and thinking about how to, to strengthen uh, the European Union, but also think of solutions to problems that we're facing. Climate change, What that's one of our really big areas of work here, where we're talking about sustainability, uh, technology, Technological solutions to, to sustainability is one of our big things. Uh, also, the, the future of how big uh, and what the European Union will look like, that's another area that we're really engaged in. You know, how do we get the enlargement process right? How do we make sure that those who are, are waiting in the wings to get into the European Union still are inspired by the idea of the EU? And uh, we're winning... Also, we're also involved in, in uh, the influence that the EU has in, in our neighbouring countries who want to join. You know, that, that we have a lot of non-EU members actually in, in the European Liberal Forum and I really see us as supporting democracy there, but also supporting the hope of joining the European Union and making sure that the EU is influential in these countries. The European Liberal Forum is also part of that. So a little bit of the mechanics then on exactly the work that ELF does and that you oversee when you're saying, like, explain what the EU is, have technical solutions for what are mostly societal problems, but also p political problems, like enlargement is one of them. How does then you find these issues? Did they come to you? Do you aggressively seek them? It's a mix of both. So that our listeners have a more like, clearer picture how what we do here in ELF. Well, everything is based, obviously, on, on the liberal agenda and liberal values. Uh, we've kind of indicated uh, some areas where there's room for improvement uh, and where our ideas um, and the ideas of our members, because we're a membership-based organization mm -hmm. of uh, mm -hmm. a network of think tanks, NGOs, uh, all with a liberal value from across Europe. And we really unite them to, to think about these problems. So some of them we know from them. You know, they're feeding back to us, oh, we need to prioritize digitalization, for example, which is a huge concern for, for many um, of our members. You know, things around uh, the future of uh, the economy in, in Europe. We hear back from our members. And then we're also uh, looking to our party, the Alde party, mm -hmm. and our group in, in the European Parliament, the Renew Europe group, uh, who we also support with those ideas. So it's not one way of, of, of generating these ideas. We're a lot listening. Uh, and then some things we, we have developed expertise in so we can look ahead, you know, on things like enlargement, geopolitics, as I told you, technology, sustainability. We've also added another area of social policy and human rights, uh, which is a, uh, an area that we see there could be more work on in the future. You know, what's the future of work look like? like future of uh, social protection systems, human rights in the modern age, human rights as it intersects with uh, technology. So yeah, we, we do it through listening. And then also as we develop our own expertise, we see problems coming up. Uh, and that's where I think a think tank 
has a lot more time sometimes <laughs> to invest in long-term solutions than, for example, the political system does. Um, so we're thinking ahead for, for the party, we're thinking ahead for the group, uh, and I think that's where our added value really is. And that it's a tremendous segue for my next question, which is exactly we have this stakeholders, uh, all the party, Renew Europe, but also like the member organization, media, activists and all that. So how can ELF then be political enough, be technical enough, be academic enough? How do you make all these plates spinning at the same time? Yeah, it's funny um, because I've, I'm trying to find that balance now. I think we we have to be independent, you know. We and sometimes you 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 need to have opposing views even in some of our mm -hmm. publications. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the value again of uh, the European Liberal Forum is that we are a community to exchange ideas and to get to the best idea. Sometimes you have to have difficult conversations. Um, so yeah, and and we use politics in order to do that as well. So you know, we we. Uh, for those who know uh, Alde, but also the Renew Europe group, know that we are from across the central spectrum, you know, from the left uh, all the way to the right of centre. And we want to contribute to finding consensus within this, within the European Liberal Forum. So sometimes that's the, the beauty of having a political foundation is that you can have those hard conversations uh, in a safe setting within the family but then sometimes when we decide what the consensus is to go beyond and and also reach out to other actors you know civil society academia you've already mentioned the media uh, so yeah it's it's a fine it's a it's a balancing act I think w once we get to a consensus that's when we can become more strong outwardly on 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 some positions like we have for for enlargement and uh, uh, you know we're we've come behind uh, an idea uh, a concept of a new methodology for enlargement um, called staged mm -hmm. integration yeah. but we did we didn't get there by accident we got there by talking to many people across the political spectrum uh, both in Europe outside Europe and and others to see what's the best what's the best way to go ahead with enlargement um so that's just one example uh and now it seems like you know many of the political actors who we are working with and uh, particularly in alde and, and renew are now seeing ah okay this this really has value um so we're we're we can really be part of a dialogue and used in the best way i think we we get to political solutions with a broader stakeholder group than just politicians i think this is this is what the added value of a of a, a think tank and a political foundation is indeed and here just a little add-on we had a very interesting podcast with antonio uh exactly about the work that elf is doing on that and i'll link all this on the podcast show notes now alva i have to go in 2024 which, of course, is going to be a very crucial year for the European Union project. There's the election for the European Parliament. First, I want to ask your perspective. How crucial, how important are these elections? Can, can you tell us your assessment on that? They're very important, particularly in the geopolitical context with, uh, in which we find ourselves to quite high-risk conflicts have come about since the last uh, elections and we see as well a battle for influence in the way that we probably haven't in in many years um so they will be very important i think that there's no point in going into it with the yes we can be concerned but let's go into it with hope you mm -hmm. know i think a lot of people will go to the polls as a result of what's happening in ukraine and then who they're voting for that's 
that's uh, what we need to change. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be looking towards the elections in, in the Netherlands, for example, as a, a, an indication there, probably in, in, in Portugal uh, now, as we were talking about this the other, the other evening. So yeah, there'll, there'll be some benchmarks along the way. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a, a strong position to go in um, with too much fear. Uh, I, I hope that our the 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 member parties of Alde go in um, with a fighting spirit because we are fighting for our vision of a European mm-hmm. Union, you know, which is not Eurosceptic, which is pro-democratic, which is anti-Putin's uh, war, for example. Um, th- this is all what's up for, for debate, I think. But we also have issues around... The crises that we've been facing, you know, cost of living, are we going to have another re-emergence of the energy crisis this winter? Um, these are things that people, I think, that's how people vote. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we need to be paying attention to that. Um, as the European Liberal Forum, we can't campaign, but we can uh, have dialogue uh, around these elections and those kind of issues um, that can inform, I think, voters uh, and make sure that we want as many people, I think we want as many people to go to the ballot box as possible because, I mean, I see it in in Ireland, uh, people, when many people vote, I think a more reasonable outcome uh, comes out. When less people vote, sometimes you get a more radical response um, to crises. So let's try and get as many people out to vote as possible. Uh, that's my one of my main things, and we'll be uh, definitely trying um, to encourage people to get behind and uh, exercise their their democratic right. But having said that, I think it is realistic to expect that we will have more diversity in the European Parliament. Um, some of the bigger parties will be shrinking, uh, and it will be harder to reach consensus as the political spectrum broadens. We will manage it. The European Union is a very impressive example of democracy, a very complex one. But once people come here, I think despite what might happen in in campaigns, it always gets a bit messy, particularly in some between very far-right Eurosceptics and and, uh, also uh, quite lively extreme left. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you come to Brussels and you see how difficult it is for all 27 member states to agree, uh, that I think changes people. And that one thing that I wanted to mention is that we will be doing onboarding with members of the European Parliament who are new to the game uh, to help them and show them, the, you know, organisations like the European Liberal Forum, also um, ALDE will be here for them when, when they come and, and to help them really understand how d- difficult it is and how technical it is to do decision making at this level um, and on some some very you know, sticky points like climate change is not a simple thing. Mm -hmm. Technology is not a simple thing when you're trying to um, make policies that are relevant for 27 member states. Mm -hmm. So we'll be helping them uh, with know-how, with events and and publications and research uh, on how they can make those decisions on behalf of all Europeans. Oh, but with all this going on and all the work that ELF does, there's the day-to-day operation. You are surrounded by a wonderful team. Of course, necessarily, as you were saying, you have to look at the projects for next semester, the project for next three months, the project for next week. But on the other hand, there's a long-term vision. And you just mentioned that this is your first full year 
as the executive director. So, you know, the typical question that is asked, what do you think about uh, where you're going to be in 10 years from now? Of course, let's, let's not go that <laughs> far. But how do you see ELF, uh, like, for example, you're just mentioning the, the new European Parliament, European Commission, all that is coming. So uh, how do you see ELF, like, for example, in the middle of the, the next cycle, like three years from now? I'm not even a year yet. Uh, this is this is seven, eight months now. Um, and Elf has grown hugely. Like we have our, had our 15th anniversary this year and that's always a good stock take, you know, like the, the previous um, people who were in my role, you know, they grew Elf from a four person operation True. to now we have 14 great staff members um i mean for those uh, yeah that that don't know we have kind of two arms one one of is doing the political foundation work and which we do with our member organizations i've already talked about one example which is the freedom games that we do um with our member uh, fundation liberté in poland um so we're doing that uh, a lot of those kind of programs where we're linking the national to the eu level all over europe and we have many many um very cool projects on a, a whole range of different things um, where they're doing kind of political education, making sure that citizens uh, and policymakers know about EU, think, uh, EU issues at national level. Uh, and then we're also a think tank in our own right. So mm -hmm. we're a think tank here in Brussels um, and our, our, our policy and research unit has been growing. Um, we focus on a few areas that I've already touched on and we've really carved out you know, our own brand here in Brussels so people really know us for technopolitics, which is this concept that we've developed around the intersection of technology and politics and and, and what the role is in, in policy making. So we, we will strengthen that even more and, and build on it uh, to kind of think about how technology can also help with climate change. Uh, we're going to strengthen that work um, next year. So yeah, really continuing to, to develop this think tank um, piece is going to be really important and that's uh, something that I think MEPs and, and people in, in Brussels uh, we hope to be even stronger after the 2024 elections because it's another it's another um, opportunity for many people in Brussels to kind of turn a page and you have a whole new um, group of stakeholders you know I think we'll probably have a 50% turnaround of MEPs again uh, as we did in the last so that that's a whole new group of people to engage with probably a lot more new commissioners so that's something we want to do is really, um, mm -hmm. you know, use use our relationship with those liberal commission commissioners, um, liberal MEPs, uh, to make sure that our ideas are actually getting into uh, policy making and that we're having a real impact. And that's one of the things that I also want to improve the impact of not just our our think tank work, but also the work of our our members and the political uh, programs that we do. Bigger events, more impactful. Uh, publications uh, so that's where I really see us going and then and I think w how we will know that that's happened is that we see ideas that have come from ELF and our members uh, in five years ten years in the political arena as real ideas mm. that have come into policy making or legislation and and you can follow that you know idea uh, from its its little egg hatching out of elf and our our members and then you know you see that uh, a few years down the line that's that's the real added value i think of a think tank and a political foundation uh and then yeah more more people knowing more about the eu that's the other thing uh, reaching more people so one thing that i i see and we it's everybody is a victim of this which is talking to themselves we have an, a very vibrant community in elf 
uh, made up of member organizations, the party, uh, liberals, etc. But I would love for us to break out of that and make sure that we're speaking to even more people, you know, um, breaking out the echo chamber a bit and listening to people and then also being listened to by more than just our own uh, political family. I think that will be uh, something that we'll focus on and our communications unit as well doing that. So that's that's my vision is is for um, Elf to to be even bigger and for our ideas to go as far as they can. Yeah, because some of those ideas they're not ideological; they're solution driven. Yes, exactly. So that could be of interest for people from center right, from center left, from left, from the right, and uh, then maybe a quick follow up on this uh, because there are other political think tanks in Brussels. Do you find it easier? It's it's getting easier to talk with those those groups, to work together. So th the polarization, some polarization that we see at the political level, doesn't happen at this level. More of a think tank, political mm. foundation environment. Yeah, I mean, I think I have quite good and new relationships with these, um, and I knew them from before as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because as I said, I d I didn't come from the the political family, um, so yeah, I I think it's important um, to to reach across the political divide, especially if you want your ideas to be taken up. There's no point in us just thinking about things that no, none of the other parties are going to accept, is is it? No, there's no point in doing that. Um, so yeah, I think. We should focus on the best solutions, and yeah, sometimes they're they're they are liberal solutions. But if you really want them to be taken up, then everybody has to kind of mm -hmm. agree with them. Equally, they also have good ideas. You know, the other political foundations also have have good ideas. So yeah, it can be a way of having uh, more lighter, less loaded conversations. I think so. Yeah, I, I really enjoy speaking to the other political foundations and seeing what their work looks like. For example, yesterday when we had our technopolitics uh, forum, we invited some of, some of them so you know what is the socialist approach to technology or what's the epp approach to technology they can that's useful to know you know yeah. it's useful for us to be in dialogue i think that that that's i, I mean i'm pro dialogue i'm always i think it's better to talk ra rather than, than not to talk okay, okay. the alternative is not a good one of course you have to be <laughs> careful who you give a platform to and so I, I, I i i have always thought this even from when i was in civil society you know like you, who you share the stage with is 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 important as well uh, and sometimes it's very strategic um but there are you know there there are ways and means and, and platforms and formats to do that. Um, so I'm I'm definitely happy to 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 say that for now we have a good relationship yeah. with the other political foundations. And it can serve as an an example, if, if, even if it is a small one, but it can serve an example for a larger conversation about future and politics and 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 living together and sharing the same environment. Uh, just a little bit to fight the polarization we see on the political game itself. So that'll be me editorializing a little bit my position here as, as the host of this conversation. And on that, because time flies when we're having fun, already at the time where I have to let you go. But before that, please tell our listeners where they can know more about the work done by ELF and how they can get involved. We have a very um, active account on X. Uh, you can also follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a website also. Um, so yeah, and also this podcast is a very good example of, uh, and you can find us on Spotify, uh, also on SoundCloud or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, and we have a newsletter um, that you can sign up to. Uh, you can find it on our website as well. So a lot of 
outlet for our listeners to know more and also to get involved. You can do that by, as Alva was explaining, there are member organizations locally, even outside the EU space. So please help us. Um, we are getting into a very important year. ELF does a very good work, but we also need everyone to help us on this very important time that is coming for the European elections and also for the protection of democratic values and ideas. I've been talking with Alva Finn. Alva, this was a privilege. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ricardo. I'm back. Just reminded that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. And if you feel like it, give us a five-star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. As promised, I'm back for a quick send-off of one more year of the Liberal Europe podcast. This has been an amazing ride, mostly because we know that you are on that side. You download our episodes, you listen to our conversations. I'm looking forward to continue to have these conversations that I hope give you, my dear listener, a little more information and a little more insight. Equally, because we're getting to a year with very important elections that can significantly change the political landscape in Europe, in the European Parliament, and even with some of our biggest allies around the world. So we have very important months ahead. The ELF team, the board, the secretariat, the member organizations, the team of my friends at Woodge with Liberté Foundation, me here in Lisbon, We'll continue to do our best to promote liberal values and ideas. So thank you so much for being there. Have a wonderful holiday period and a very happy new year. This podcast is produced by the European Liberal Forum, co-founded by the European Parliament and have the support of the social liberal movement Think Tank in Portugal and Liberté Foundation in Poland. The views expressed herein are those of the speakers alone, and these views do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum. Yeah.